Okay, so let's dive into episode three, uh, entitled To Kill a Mocking Girl. But I believe they're reading Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird. I didn't Google that before I started recording, so let me do that. You'll hear me. Um, yes, I was. Okay. So they're reading. Oh, hold for a plane. I think I have a hovering helicopter. Let's see. Chris watches pretty little liars. Chris watches pretty little liars. Chris watches pretty little liars. So he can help you figure out who's a. I think there's a helicopter outside, but we're just gonna go ahead and keep rolling. So this one is called To Kill a Mocking Girl, which is obviously a riff off of To Kill a Mocking Bird. Uh, which is the book they're reading in Mr. Fitz's class, uh, written by Harper Lee. And I'm a little confused on geography here. So they're at the beginning of this episode, they're in some sort of crick, creek, depending on where you're from, how you pronounce it. They're going to some sort of shed, I believe. Is this the same place where they last saw Allison? That's the only thing I was unclear about. I'm guessing it is, but I guess I, guess I don't know for sure. I think it's Spencer who says the tree is a halfway point, which someone else finds a little strange. I don't know. Something to note. I will say Spencer Preston and I are on the same page. She also calls him Creepy Detective, so I think that's officially his name. I might call uh, call him CD for short here on out. CD is our detective friend who is doing something. And I wrote these in the notes, and I don't know why I would have written this, but I wrote, Place to remember Allison equals ghost summoning spot. Now, I don't know why I wrote that. That doesn't even make any sense in reading it back. Uh, but yeah, I, I wrote that, so that's something. And here's something else that's really strange. Hannah apparently is on Team Magoogs as well. She thinks, well, te- technically she says not really gone. Now, that could mean a ghost, right, if, if that's how your angle is. It could mean that she agrees with me that Allison isn't dead. She doesn't go down the rabbit hole I did. But I just found that also very interesting. Uh, good Burn by Spencer. It's a rabbit, Hannah. It's not going to answer you. And that was thumbs up. But for me as Detective Magoogs, um, clearly someone else was in that forest with them. Even though Spencer made a joke out of it, someone was watching. And I know this because they all got a simultaneous text once again. Something about hunting, so clearly A knows that they're in this wooded area. Uh, I don't know what kind of visual they have on it, but yeah. I did make a note to myself, though, that this text message seems like it's a bit out of context, so A might not have been directly watching them. A might have watched them, say, go into the wooded area or knew that they were going there. I think this might be a little bit of a, a weaker text by A. So, sorry, A, you lost your step on this text just a hair. Everyone has good data, so they're in a wooded area, and not only do they all get the text message, but someone's able to send it, which is impressive. And I know I said uh, a couple episodes ago I'm not going to go so sequential. I think this one kind of needs me to go so sequential, so I think... I might hop around a little bit, but just just follow me here, as I think a lot of the events build on each other. So we're here with this first scene with Hannah, CD, and her mom. He's shirtless at the fridge. You know, there's this squeeze the grapefruit line. Yikes. And I had I had two thoughts. One, because I still, I, again, uh, just a quick reminder, uh, my current theory is that uh, creepy detective CD is A. And the reason he is A is that he is using his police resources to uncover the mystery around Allison's disappearance. He is also aware that Allison is alive, and he faked the whole thing. Of course, that would imply some intense illegality, 
and it probably mean uh, Maya's involved, but we'll get to Maya. So, uh, yeah, first I thought CD was using this whole situation with Hannah's mom as some sort of manipulation, uh, extortion, uh, like super creepy. Um, but then when he's over, he's overhearing um, them chat. I think he thinks this is an angle for his case. And again, I can't, I can't imagine the legality of any of this. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he just wants to find out the answers for whatever reason. Like being a detective isn't the main goal here. You know, whatever, whatever the real objective is, the detective is not, he's not looking to solve a case. He's not looking to take anyone to trial. He's after something else. Uh, so we hop to Arya's situation and they're having a uh, mom, dad, and her are having some outdoor breakfast. I think it looks like. And uh, the other woman, who I'm going to call O.W., uh, walks up. And I will say a few things of note to hear. Arya's protectiveness of her familial unit, again, uh, crops up. Not to say that she absolves her father for his role in the affair, but she's definitely protective of her father and her mother's uh, current relationship. So she just wants this other woman out of here. Like, she wants her gone. Like, literally gone. In this scene, it's just a death stare. I will say though something was weird about that binder. There's a lot of a lot of coded language between the other woman and her dad, Arya's dad, and then she made him sign it. And he kind of held it weird, and then he gave it back to her. I don't know. Just something weird's there. Then we hop over to uh, Spencer Preston's house. Things are not good there. We're still dealing with the fallout of a broken engagement. I did enjoy. Uh, Preston's Melissa uh, throwing away the wedding magazines. It, I mean, I'm not happy that she's uh, heartbroken. Although she doesn't seem, she seems more angry than heartbroken. I noticed that. It wasn't like, I mean, I'm sure she did her share of crying. And anger is a valid emotion. Let, let me be clear. I'm not trying to uh, minimize her grief. But in that scene, she looked like she was more annoyed at having to cancel the the entire wedding as opposed to having feelings for Ren and feeling heartbroken. Again, Maybe we made that happen off camera. I don't know. But it seemed a lot of... Ang- we were in the anger mode of uh, of our grief, I guess. So she's very angry at Ren and, and equally, if not more so, angry at her sister. I'm not going to take sides in this. I think Spencer Preston is well aware that she, uh, she was culpable in it. She even says it later in this episode. So I don't think that she's pretending like she doesn't feel like she deserves this wrath. So I'm not quite sure what she wants out of her sister, but she does feel like she's getting an unfair amount of grief from Melissa, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's appropriate there. Uh, but yeah, Melissa's man. We see a shot of Mona here offering Hannah some lipstick. Uh, we're gonna talk about Mona a little bit later. Uh, keep 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 her in mind. Uh, we have the Ben Emily Maya triangle little, little scenelet there. And this is the time, this is the moment Ben's gonna end up on my list, many lists. Uh, but he he catches it. He sees the way Emily and Maya are looking at each other. He doesn't. I don't think he he sees. He seems really stupid. So I don't think he quite catches on what is happening. But he gives Maya uh, like a, a disappointed look when she invites herself to this party. And then we have entrance of Toby. Toby uh, again, not a spoiler. I just know this just in the world. Uh, Toby is kind of an infamous character on this show. One of my friends absolutely hates this, uh, but to me, he has a very Edward Cullen vibe. I, I, I know that offends people, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it like kind of 
loner, quiet, mysterious uh, male student. There's something about him that reminds me of Edward Cullen. So I apologize. That's just my opinion. And you may tell me I'm wrong. But we see him because he's walking Jenna in. And the kids remark that he's an older kid who was sent away to reform school for something he did. And he's back. I guess he's in their grade. Uh, that I was a little unclear on. But he's basically he's back enrolled in their school. And they are very concerned about that. So then we start to get a little more insight into this. Some, so, there was some sort of garage that was set fire that caused Jenna's blindness. And I think the image we see here, I may have it out of order, but he's like walking out with someone in his arms. And I had this thought while watching. I'm like, man, Veronica Mars would have like solved this right away. It, that moment had such a Veronica Mars moment. I don't know why, but it did. I just had that thought, wait, if Veronica Mars was in this school, this would be like two episodes. We'd be done. Yeah, and I had I had this uh, I had this thought like why is this cop allowed to be in the school like this? Like, so he has his own office now, so he just brings Hannah in there, which is weird. And and CD is being very focused in on Hannah, and for some reason his investigation has led himself to Hannah. He's he's thinks he's going undercover by um, you know having relations with Hannah's mother. I guess you know he's at school questioning her. We have a quick flashback where it's implicated that this is this is just what I read as a viewer. Hannah asked Sean to some sort of party a year or two ago. Allison's inclusion in that party interests Sean. Now Hannah has a lot of insecurity about her relationship with Sean. I don't think she saw that kind of glance or that that realization on Sean's face. And there's part of the way that they're portraying the story that you're like, oh, well, Hannah's just, you know, being insecure. Like, Sean's into her. Like, he just wants to wait till marriage to have sex. This flashback, though, makes you say to yourself, oh, maybe there is more here. Maybe Sean was really into Allison and he only went to that party because she was going to be there. And then, I don't know, then he ends up with Hannah. Like, I don't know how, I don't know what happens between those two points, but maybe it's not just insecurity. Maybe Hannah has a real a real point here that maybe Sean's not as invested in their relationship and she clearly is. I just heard myself talk there. I sound like a therapist uh, as if Hannah's my um, my patient. And this is a very minor detail, but that's what this podcast is about. So as we come out of the flashback, the detective points at a yearbook photo. Now, it could be that the set designers made up a fake yearbook and they told the actor playing this creepy detective, just point at any photo and say, did she talk about this guy? So this could mean absolutely nothing. But he's pointing to a photo of a person that I have not seen before. It's a photo with three people, and I saw two of the names. Of course, the person he's pointing at is not visible. Uh, The first name is Amy Davis. Uh, Next to her is a a boy named Steve or Stephen M. And then there's a third person uh, on the right, at the furthest right-hand side, if you're looking at the yearbook in in the shot. Uh, We can't see their name. That's the person he's pointing to. And then Hannah kind of comes out of it. Hannah reveals, actually, he has a history at that school. He graduated in 96. So two more things. Uh, Hannah noted that she wasn't in those yearbook photos because she had sick. She had mono that day. She was out sick. And something also interesting, um, she didn't tell her friends about that conversation with the uh, creepy detective. She just said, Whatever. We jump to classroom again with Fitz and Aria, and we have another chalkboard clue. I think I think the uh, set designers are trying to give us hints 
And then behind him, it says invite. It, it, clearly, there's more information on the chalkboard, but we, what we can see is insight versus intuition. And I want to just uh, ramble on that for just a brief moment. Insight, because, you know, I play D&D. Uh, surprise. Spoiler. Shocker. Insight is usually tell if someone's lying. That's how you use it in D&D. Like, uh, I'll, I'll roll insight on someone to see if they're telling me the truth or not. And usually insight involves having some inf- having some information. Intuition is just, this is just my interpretation of it, intuition is just a feeling. Usually there's no real evidence. There's usually nothing, something you can point to in the physical world. Intuition is usually kind of given this extrasensory, outside of science kind of implication. I think the show is trying to say, look at the evidence. You might find an answer there, or use your use your gut instincts, use your intuition to maybe lead you toward a solution. And maybe that's a metaphor for what's happening with her, uh, what's happening with him and, and Arya. You know, I, I have a, I have a theory about fits too, which may play into that. We'll come to that too. Last thing about that scene, Mrs. Walsh, another teacher, uh, comes in. I think she totally catches them in a moment, and I think if he ends up getting fired or this ends up coming to light, she's going to be part of that equation. So I think. Arya's mom, Arya's dad, and Mrs. Walsh all are possible people to figure out this, what's happening here. I'm not quite sure why Spencer and Preston went to go see Run With Three Ends. Um, I get it. Like, she, I guess she wants to have him call, I don't know, Melissa? Like, I don't, I don't, know, who, I don't know what she expects to, for him to do. I guess he wants, she wants him to tell her family that he made the move on her. I, 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 okay, uh, I'm not quite sure how, that, I mean, even Ren says this, he goes, I don't know what the good is going to do, I mean, we're both in the doghouse, he kind of tells her, just do a really good on a test, which is kind of what leads to what happens next, but, you know, Melissa then later, I'll jump ahead a bit, Melissa is like, I heard you went there, you know, I, kn- I knew, I knew, blah, 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 and again, I think in the show, we're supposed to take, you know, Spencer Preston's side, but Melissa isn't wrong, like, why, <laughs> Why not make this a phone call? Or, uh, you know, everyone's texting. Like, why go see him in person? You know, I think Spencer Preston, I think part of her does like Ren a little bit. So I, I'm not quite sure how innocent she is in that moment. I'm sorry. I, uh, she's one of my favorite liars in the show. But I'm not quite sure she's being honest with herself in that moment. Then we have this locker room scene. As I've said before, I wasn't around the fandom when the show originally aired. I'm very curious how this scene was received at the time. Content warning. CW, definitely assault happens, upsetting, and um, what's really terrifying, I guess, is that we don't know how worse it would have gotten if uh, Toby hadn't interrupted and, and, to be quite frankly, kicks the shit out of Ben. But yeah, I think I think the fallout here is appropriate. I think Emily saying, you know what, Ben, we're done. This was too this was too far. This is too much. It is great. Now, I, why Toby swoops in? What first? Why is Ben in there? And second, why is Toby in there? Uh, we don't know. But this happens, and uh, Toby Toby beats him up for Emily for some reason. And, I mean, we're thankful. We're thankful this the situation ended. But there are some questions now as to why. And I have to say, Arya's reaction to the other woman is priceless. Like, Arya, Arya is probably the least intimidating. Like, if I met her in a dark alley, I don't think that she would, she would beat me up. But Arya here, uh, she isn't. She is intimidating. She does not want this blonde hair woman around at all. Clearly, this other woman is is provoking something. She shows up at the gallery talking to Piper, her Arya's mom. 
I don't know what her mode, I don't know what her game is here, but clearly she's starting trying to stir the pot. And then Arya just tells her flat out, "Don't don't show up." Sorry, her name is Meredith. I keep calling her other women, but her name is Meredith. She's like, "Just don't show up tonight." Arya says, "Don't show up or or else." And Meredith kind of like winks and nods. Ugh. More pizza and salad uh, at the Hannah household, and then uh, again, CD creepy creepy detective. Again, I think this is all some sort of weird ploy to get information because. They're doing a weird flirty thing, and then the second he has the opportunity, he runs over to Hannah's purse and pulls out a bracelet. And these bracelets have a big meaning to the girls. I'm not quite sure why yet. Uh, this bracelet has Hannah's name on there, and he starts asking questions. Hannah's mom is like, you know what? You can't be going through a purse. You need a search warrant. How about how about you take the speeds and get the hell out of here? So and I'm hoping that means that we're done with him, at least in that house. So then we go to the big party in the woods. Uh, I gotta say, Ben looks really fucking stupid. Like he's got it, he's got dried blood on his face, or, or you know his wounds are healing. And he goes up to Emily as if as if everything is fine and cool. Like, oh, surprise, you showed up. I, I'm really glad Emily's just like, uh, later, dude. We're done. I'm out of here. Me and Maya, me and Maya are gonna wander away from you asap. God, I hate. I said Ben sucks in the previous episode. Ben sucks even more this time we see uh uh spencer preston stealing her sister's paper so you're spencer preston you just made out with your sister's fiance <laughs> and she caught you and the engagement's over so your next act of like reconciliation is to steal her paper now and claim it as your own one not very smart i i know teachers who say there's a lot of technology to scan for that sort of stuff especially if it's at the same school now we're going Spencer is Melissa's A. Like, why? <laughs> There's a very unhealthy uh, cyclical dynamic here. Uh, today's date, 9-24-2010. That's the date of this episode. Just, I don't know. I wrote a note to myself here, and this is a good PSA for all my listeners. Uh, always password lock your laptop. Again, I'm not trying to victim blame Melissa here, but she should have a password on her laptop because that's easy for someone to steal your term paper uh, that you keep on your desktop. So, just a note. Always password lock your laptops. Sean is clearly obsessed with foosball. I don't know if I'm, I don't want to read any more into that than it is, but I don't know. Uh, we get some more Toby talk. Toby's a perv. Uh, Spencer does not like Toby. Uh, but Spencer knows something, and then which we do find out. At least we find out what we think it is at, later in this episode. Uh, then we get this Toby flashback. We see Allison threatening Toby. So, the timeline of events... He, so here, here is what, so far, in episode three, we think what happened. All five of the liars are in so in Spencer Preston's room or Allison's room. I'm, I, that's what I'm not sure about. I think it's... Hmm, I don't know. I don't know who's Allison is. Regardless, they think they see Toby watching them. And I don't even know how Allison sees that. But I don't even know if we see Toby in the trees or something. I don't know. Regardless, she says, okay, he's peeping Tom. Let's go do something about it. She gets some sort of firework. She goes to a garage, I guess, that, that they own, throws it in there. The whole place lights up on fire. Apparently, Jenna was inside. Toby rescues her. We're assuming it's Jenna. Rescues her, pulls her out. And we see that Allison kind of threatening Toby for something. And then Toby's the one that goes to jail, not 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 the five liars. So that is the that is the sequence of events. 
that we see. This does put a little hitch in my uh, Allison is Jenna theory, but I, I can I can make it work. And the basic reason here is that Allison is blackmailing Toby with something. We don't know what, uh, but whatever it is, it's enough to make him say that he did this. So that's pretty big. I do, I do have to say, uh, Spencer thinks she sees Toby staring at her at the party. Uh, and we cut back, and really it's someone else. You know, she's doing those things where she thinks she sees somebody, but it's really someone else. But that dude is standing there, creepy too, staring at her. And then he, like, smiles and walks away. I thought that was uh, unintentionally a uh, funny moment. Or maybe it's intentional, but... Like, is that guy A? <laughs> like, why are you standing there coming out of the, the bathroom and then just staring at people? I don't know. So then we get Hannah and Sean are smooching in the upstairs barn. Emily and Maya, I think this is their first smooch, right? Uh, so they're in the photo booth and they kiss. And I want to be clear about this next sequence. So they so they kiss, the photo thing goes off. I think Maya makes the move. And the reason why I wanted that to be clear is because the second the photo spits out, someone grabs it. Someone's been watching them. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens there. So they come out, and Emily says, oh, the photo's gone. And she can tell, you can tell she's a little concerned because clearly she knows what happened inside the booth. And Maya is very quick to say it's probably run out of paper. She's, she is, granted, she may be approaching this relationship differently than Emily is. She, but she seems very unconcerned to the point that I I don't know what to, to make of that. So we'll get to that. So Sean wants to slow down. You know, I was kind of empathetic to Sean. But then when he says desperate, I was like, oh, dude, why did you say that? You can tell. I mean, he's got to be he's got to be aware this is hard for Hannah, too. And, I, and why he said desperate, it was really I had a little I had a lot less empathy for him at that moment. And then Hannah's feeling rejected. Uh, at least that's what I'm putting on the moment. She's crying and she's she's upset. She's upset. Maybe she doesn't feel rejected. Maybe that's me unfairly labeling her emotions in that moment. And then Sean like tries to offer her a coat and then he's like, I'm just going to go? Like, what? Dude. And then, <laughs> and then Hannah steals, her, steals his car and I want to note again, Mona tries to stop her. Uh, because I didn't, sorry, I didn't note it. Uh, Hannah comes downstairs and gets a text. A mean text that says never uh, Hannah hefty Hannah was a mean nickname I guess she had when she was younger never gets the guy so I what did AC in that moment did AC what did or did not happen in in the upstairs barn did she just see you know Sean come out and then Hannah come out later and then just send the text no matter what like like how much information is a seeing in order to send this text that seems to be as if A's watching the same show we are uh, let's hop to the gallery other woman shows up at the gallery. Arya's super pissed. She tries to talk to her one more time. And O.W. says, you're just basically like, you're just a teenage girl. I can do what I want. And then she walks off towards Arya's dad. Arya's upset. She goes across town, wherever uh, Mr. Fitz's uh, apartment is. He's in 3B. Note that there's an apartment across the hall, 3C, with a very perfect keyhole. Just noting that for future reference. I don't know if that's going to be anything, but... They kind of have a nice hug. I know I'm very critical of this uh, relationship due to the uh, due to the age difference and the and the uh, teacher uh, dynamic here. Uh, but you can tell Arya in that moment, you know, just needed needed somebody. Uh, this whole thing with the other woman it's it's very upsetting to her, and she feels powerless. So I kind of understand that. It's worth noting, Hannah totals Sean's car. I mean, that thing is undrivable. Also noteworthy that Maya's car is really nice. Have we even seen Maya's parents? Where are Maya's parents? I just had the thought. 
Because we saw her when she's moving in. We saw Maya in in a bedroom. We saw Maya outside. I don't know if we've seen Maya's parents. or I think they're moving here or like on the way here. I don't know. That's something interesting. I hadn't thought about that until I was just talking it out loud. Then Toby's fixing something. It looks like a old school radio. It has a couple dials and like a looks like a coiled antenna. Basically, Emily walks over and thanks him for his help with Ben. Jenna, who I'm going to call real Jenna, says, what is she think? What is she doing? And then Toby's like, it's not what you think. Relax. So I think we're back where we were at the beginning. We're in some sort of wooded area. The four liars. This is like the next day. And by the way, we didn't even deal with the total car. I guess we'll deal with that later. But um, one of the liars says, one freak is sending these messages. Okay. So that's the show kind of making us think A is one person. But as we've already established, the amount of coverage and the amount of information, access, and location-based technology, it, you know, if this is the creepy detective, that's impossible. It cannot be one person. There's just no way. So um, they hear another noise. They drop their bags and run, and they find a bracelet with Allison's name on there. Apparently this is very similar to Hannah's bracelet, uh, but it has Allison's name on there. This is probably the creepiest moment so far is someone has taken those photos of Emily and Maya and made a zillion copies of different sizes and has an entire wall covered in them. Right away I thought Ben, you know, Ben being obsessive and very unhealthy in his attachment, but I think they had gloves on, so I guess we're supposed to think that's A. Okay, so we have a few minutes left. Uh, let's go down some new suspects here. So I have, I have what I call my A's list. Here's our suspects, right? Creepy detective. Clearly, he has a fascination with this case. Uh, with Allison, he has uh, probably gone deep undercover with Hannah's house. He kind of blew that very poorly. He seems to be the one that has the most resources to do this, but I can't imagine this would be sanctioned by the police department. Maybe it is, but he seems motivated enough to to do whatever it takes to get some information. Don't know why he would text, you know, the four liars, but he's still a prime suspect. I don't think uh, Meredith is A, um, but she's caught up in it. She seems determined to involve herself in Arya's father's life still. You know, she is she's involved somehow. Uh, because she is the... This woman had an affair with Arya's dad a year ago. And this is still information that A is using to mock Arya. Now, now granted, A is also threatening Arya with her relationship with her teacher. She, uh, a, is equating, a is equating Arya and Mr. Fitz to her father and this Meredith woman. So that clearly there's, uh, there's some connection there. Mona's an interesting suspect. And I, and I put Mona, Mona's on the list now because I realized that she was teased a lot she was part of the uncool crowd, you know, not too long ago. It was, it was, Arya even says this when in the first episode. She's like, well, Mona was not in the cool group, and now she is. Mona also sees Arya's dad having that affair. And again, uh, as I say in that earlier episode here, I don't know how much she really put together in that moment, but she was there. And Mona seems to be around the liars quite a bit. She was at the party... She's at the school. She has a lot of access. I don't know. I you know, and she has motivation. She, I don't think I'm jumping ahead at all. But these girls didn't always seem to be the nicest people when they were younger. Mona was teased a lot, 
and I'm assuming Allison teased her too, because I think she walks up to them, right? Uh, her and uh, Allison and Arya. Mona says something, and I think Allison says something rude to her, and Mona turns and walks away. So I think Mona has some motivation here. Ben's on this list uh, because he sucks, and he was dumped by Emily. Now, granted, he wasn't doing all the other stuff beforehand. I don't know if there's some Facebook group out there where they're like, hey, if you want to harass these four uh, students, text them dash A, and then then you can be part of our little party. But everyone need everyone would need like fake phone numbers. Like you need some kind of technology. I don't think Ben knows how to fucking cook bread. I'm putting on here Ben sucks, uh, but I don't think he's A. I don't think he is. He might be the one who took the photos of Maya and Emily. I don't know why he would do the gloves, but um, he seems to be the most motivated to do that. Uh, Toby's on this list, although I don't really want to put him on here, but the show really wants us to also think he's related to this. I'm not sure what we're supposed to think of Toby's uh, distanced kind of stares. I don't know if we're supposed to think he's just, you know, introspective, you know, pensive, uh, a quiet person. But clearly he is on the liar's side. He seems to have an affinity to Emily for some reason. He seems to be still involved with Jenna. He seems to be Jenna's caretaker to some degree. So he's on this list. Uh, I, I just don't think, I, I don't know why he would be A. Uh, Jenna's on this list uh, because the show really wants us to think that she's A. I don't think she's A. As we've said before, I think Jenna, at least part-time, is Allison. Now that would mean, that would mean Allison is living inside that house with them. Why? I don't know. Maya is added to this list. And I end Maya because there's a lot of questions about her. She went through all their stuff in Allison's house, right? She threw everything away. If my theory that Allison is alive, she's the one that comes in and runs out and tells Emily that they found your friend Allison. Now, granted, well, no, it's not true because Maya would know. No, no. Maya is new to the neighborhood, so she probably. No, she knows. She definitely knows. I'm working on my head because there was a discussion at some point uh, previous to these episodes, you know, one through three, something about the posters. So Maya is very well aware what Allison looks like. I guess it's possible she ran outside and didn't see them take the body, the fake body out of the ground or whatever. But um, I think plausibly Maya would have to be involved to continue this Allison is not dead through line. What would be her motivation? I don't know. I don't know. But this photo booth moment is, is sticking with me. Because of the way she was very dismissive to Emily. Uh, I don't know. Again, it could be that she just views their blossoming relationship differently. And so it doesn't bother her. Like if someone took the photos, maybe to Maya, she's like, so what? I don't care. Um, I'm into Emily. She's into me. Like, I don't care what these brats say about me and us. But combined with the the thing at the house, uh, she's going on my list. I don't think she's that involved. I don't, I don't know what her motivation would be to be involved. And then I have another uh, one last point: A's technology. A technology. So A so far can can see um, our liars at their most lowest moments. A can seemingly see inside houses see inside the woods, track, track people, uh, knowing someone's inside a police department, inside a car, in a random street. She seems to always know where they are. So it could be that she, again, she's tracking their phones, but she has to have some visual reference for some of these moments. So A is, 
always around them. I guess there could be some remote cameras, but I don't know where the hell those cameras are. So that, so this isn't a lo-fi. So that's why Toby is on the list, because Toby is like playing with some sort of tech gear. And so I guess you can say he's the tech support for A. So let's do let's do a quick recap. So we have Creepy Detective, uh, Meredith, Mona, Ben, Toby, Jenna slash Allison, and Maya as my... We've gone we've gone from one suspect to seven, which I know is quite a quite a leap. Um, but if I had to pick one, this is going to be surprising to all of you. I think I'm kind of torn between Creepy Detective and Mona. Because I, 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 when I look at all these people, Mona's the only one that has a motive. Mona was teased a lot, I think, and you know she wants to tease back, and she may know all this information about the liars there's some information maybe that she doesn't know necessarily but yeah i think i'm gonna go mona she's trying to kill these mockingbirds they've been mocking her her whole life and she's not gonna do it violently she's gonna do it through reputation she's gonna use the levers of power that she has which is information so yeah a is mona next time i don't know the episode title but it's gonna be episode four and we'll see you next time be sure to follow me on social media, uh, at Magoogs. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Please don't send me spoilers, although I'm sure someone will. Just please don't. Please. Okay, bye. Bye.